0: It's not.
3: Hello and welcome to podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about parades from 1999 from Herald Square here in 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Katie Couric. Oh, God. You made me Matt Lauer in this equation? (laughs) Took me a second to realize I was going to have to take Couric.
2: I can always uh, take Roker. Simply refuse. You can always take Roker yeah okay i'll be right <laughs> all right matt
3: let's go
4: i'm uh christina aguilera and yeah, i am okay. performing my song <laughs> what she a girl dazies? wants
3: no i'm all
4: three i'm all shit three members A-Z. of shit Shit daisy i'm lou bega and the new captain yes. kangaroo
3: i am star of film and television kevin bacon <laughs> oh my god
2: this okay
3: so i'm the cast of freaks and geeks who, by the, the way, cast. Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon shows up exclusively to promote the Bacon brothers bands. <laughs>
1: it's incredible. <laughs> so, just a little bit of context.
3: Here, it was great. I, this movie, this movie, this is the best movie we've done all year.
2: So I want to say I get a random, not random, I get a, I get a text message from Emily that says, Have you and Kenny covered the Macy's sipping <laughs> Day parade? Uh a question that, I mean, had an obvious answer, but uh, I, said, <laughs> I said, no, we've not. Um, and then I suggested that we do a mini episode on this because we love Emily and we know she loves parades and her parade she podcast wants. needs help getting off the ground. Parade pod coming soon. Paradcast. You're welcome. Um, so here we are. We are talking about the 73rd annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It was held on November 25th, 1999 in New York City. Uh, Shown to viewers on NBC the same day at 9 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern. It was hosted by Katie Couric, Matt Lauer, and Al Roker. Uh, We'll talk about the participants. There are many. Um, The poster, just to describe the poster for you guys, has blue play. Playing the biggest game of Blues Clues, Snoopy celebrates the new millennium, and the soon-to-be named Honey Nut Cheerios bee flies with a honey pot on the poster for the 1999 parade. Blue was all <sighs> is all over. There is a thing. Wikipedia, a wiki for this specific show. Um, I, I, I'm I'm not going to go through all of this because we'll we'll talk about this, but there are a couple new floats worth highlighting here. There's an Ask Ask Jeeves float. There's a medieval dragon tales. I
3: definitely I definitely watch this in real life.
2: Um the golden <laughs> I get in, dollar station. In the coach. moment. The Millennium Time Continuum. <laughs> well, I don't even know what that even means. <laughs> uh Austin Powers and Blues Blue. So those are the new floats for this
3: particular They should have done a Y2K float. Just had it. They really like, should have. But I, I I remember watching. I, I love the parade. I mean, Emily, I was tickled when you uh when you suggested we should do this. Yeah, I tried as I uh, texted with both of you. I try to watch it every year. I fail <laughs> inevitably, but I do wake up. I put it on. I hope people will come and join me. It's usually just my dad, and we watch the parade together as long as we can.
1: That's adorable. Uh, Lexi, that. my
3: my sister will watch the parade too. Um, and it's always been a thing in my family. Not like a, but not not like a thing where. Like we actually did it. A thing where we like talked about doing it, and I would be there alone. So sure. when when there's a, a parade float, like uh ask Jeeves, when there's a corporate <laughs> mascot, I always remember there's something there's something fourth wall breaking mm-hmm. about a corporate mascot getting a parade float or a uh, or a balloon or a balloon. Like, the, yeah. like the honey nut Cheerios bee does this year.
2: <laughs> it's Jeez. it's so I have to ask the question here. You're both American, I'm Canadian, so
3: we're recording
4: we're recording this in october so phil feels comfortable i do
2: it's true (laughs) it's true uh we are currently in the canadian thanksgiving seasons and i appreciate that that we're talking about it then (laughs) um this is obviously a big deal even in canada for all intents and purposes people do watch it in canada i don't mean to qualify it by saying even in canada but but why did this become what it became in terms of like an american staple how did this happen do you guys know it's oh, I
4: mean, it's always been a staple as long as I've been alive. I have not actually thought to research this, which is what makes this such a lousy backdoor pilot for Parodcast. Um But um, I mean, it's the thing about it is, it is unlike the Rose Bowl Parade, which is the other big one. Like, it is unabashedly capitalist. It is unabashedly commercial. It is unabashedly. We're ushering in the Christmas season. And like, I do That's know exactly the, what it is. Yeah, I do know that the roots of this are Macy's was like, we want to get everyone to celebrate the Christmas shopping season, which traditionally starts the day after Thanksgiving. So we're going to throw a parade on Thanksgiving Day and Santa Claus is going to end the parade mm-hmm. and then people are going to be ready to go shop. And gradually it's become a celebration of everything you can buy in America. I, I, after I finished watching this, went and watched the 2001 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, just the start of it, because 2001, wild year for America. Some stuff happened. Um, but, uh, it starts with this very somber star spangled banner. And then as Katie Kirk and Matt Lauer looking at you very seriously, and they're like, of course, it's been a hard year for all of us since the events of September 11th, but America never gives up. And that's why we're having a Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade.
3: I'm glad we kept it alive. <laughs> I love everything about what you just said. <laughs> you just nailed it in every way. Okay. One thing I want to, I, it's not, I don't, I, I don't want to, I'm not quibbling. I'm not trying to contradict Phil, but the thing about American traditions to me versus traditions in other countries, at least as far as I can tell, is they're really never as fervent here as they there in other countries. So like, is the Macy's thing, Day parade a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Is it a tradition? Yeah, it's a tradition, but like, of people don't care. You know, I only, you know, a a few like like for like like a person like me. Yeah, it hits all of my my sensory pleasure zones. I love Broadway. I love New York City. I love the fall. I love shopping. I love Christmas. I love stupid fucking characters. I love weird celebrities. I like this is like it just. It works. It works for me so well. And I and in particular, like, I guess I didn't realize this. We've done every movie, every TV show, every commercial of this year, every music video, every everything. This is by far the most dated thing we've done. (laughs) Um, And it's it's not even know
2: that Shadaisi was a thing.
3: It's not just because of the Shadaisy and the Wild Orchid and the Lubega and all the things that are obviously dated, but the things like um, what Emily? What's the uh, the 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 seven 700- hundred? person choir group america sings oh yeah america
4: sings with an with an
3: exclamation point yeah
4: that which i I
3: auditioned for there you go that (laughs) america sings was on its last legs like in the 80s i think but like it stuck around for things like the parade and there were there were these kind of things marching bands things like that that only got their their due at the at the macy's day parade and it's funny because i always called it the macy's day parade is that not what it's called it's macy's it's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving day, day parade, parade. my it's, it's and the other thing about macy's for me and my stupid family is one uh my mom worked at macy's at macy's on 34th street that she was like a shop girl and that's where she met my dad so Macy's means something to oh, it, my family. That's nice. that's and nice. then Miracle on 34th Street was always a like the kind of movie in my family because, you know, we're cheesy enough to call them getting them meeting their our miracle on 34th Street. Mm-hmm. And Macy's always meant something. Macy's is like a thing. So like even more than, you know, it, we're I'm on some like fucking, you know, Don Draper and the Hershey's bar shit with Macy's.
2: So, Okay i have some questions about i'm
3: similar
4: i just want to say i have just the same exactly the same vibe as you kenny including that your parents are my parents and they met at macy's
2: <laughs> and they also <laughs> met at macy's yeah. uh so am i crazy everyone's lip-syncing right like no no <laughs> one is actually singing
4: when lou bega sings he forgets to lip-sync several things and then he smiles at
0: the kid <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: love, love. I mean everyone Not just is everybody lip syncing And it looks obvious that they're lip syncing No one gets to finish their songs Everyone's cut off It seems like halfway through a song I just don't really understand That's how it should be <laughs> The production Is I just makes I mean makes me happy and also I just don't really understand. Well
3: you're, all, you're, you're working with like, like The D team these are people who are Down to work on thanksgiving you know, you're not working with A-plus players oh, here.
2: It's great. Uh, I also think that whoever, you know, we did an episode uh, last week on uh, on Get Bruce. Whoever's writing the script for the jokes and for the layups to the various performances is not up to the task. It was Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been Bruce Flint.
4: I love that every time there's a balloon, someone has written just a list of things about how big the balloon is. Oh, and I Katie do. So. Katie Couric and Matt Lauer have it. to read credulously. They're like, yeah. and bar- this inflatable Barney is bigger than any T-Rex. And I'm like, I mean, sure.
3: <laughs> this is what I love. You are hitting it. This is what I love. I love this inane. I, I, I know you. I know. I know you do, too. I know you do, too. I, I know was going to
0: say. I know you do,
3: too. I'm not trying the, to. I'm yelling you know, out of out of passionate
0: excitement. And
4: I'm I am too. In the post-revolution world, when we live in the workers' paradise and we're sitting <laughs> around on a Thanksgiving day when everyone can share equally and everyone is cared for, I'm still going to be like, I kind of miss the Macy's parade. I'm just going to be like, I miss when everything was yeah. about how many like snack cakes you could buy. Um, there's the, the I have this tiny this tiny little piece of me that loves everything shitty about America and. This this is where I put all of it. The
3: Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It's, I mean, I love it, it. yeah, I it, it's my piece is yeah. not that tiny. Uh, <laughs> like, my like my my whole body was that mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. fairly recently <laughs> in sure. terms of my life, right? Mm-hmm. Until fairly recently, like I was very much like a like a like the ultimate capitalist consumer um and didn't see necessarily a contradiction between my like my 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 social politics and my and my love mm-hmm. of like all things bright and tasty and colorful mm-hmm. um i just it just didn't so so it's more than a a little part of me, but yeah something like you know i it it feels a little bit like maybe in the workers' paradise, this could be. Take Severance. Did you watch? You you watch Severance? Sometimes, I would imagine sure, sure, sure. this feels a little bit like a pancake party to me. Like we deserve this, or <laughs> waffle party. We deserve this every once in a while,
2: right? I, love
0: that.
2: I I do want to give just a couple shout outs to some balloons and floats, um, if that's okay, because they've been around for a long time, guys. Did Did they deserve say it?
4: my name. I'm Emily St. James. <laughs>
2: Don't worry. So uh, Big Bird, this is his 12th time doing the this in 99.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> also, Quick Bunny. I, I would have taken the over on Big Bird. Really? Yeah. That, I, 12? I'm, yeah, 12 seems and low.
3: Yeah. Quick Bunny's an interesting one because he's one of those guys who is a corporate mascot, yep. but, <laughs> has, but has become such, he's so ingrained, such a part of the fabric. Well, you don't see him that way anymore. You like the Energizer Bunny, you
2: yeah. know. You, you like the like the Coke Polar Bears. Just let him in. These guys are good. These guys are uh, good. This is Garfield's fourteenth time beat. He's beaten Big Bird, which I'm kind of surprised about. Boo! Garfield's <laughs> the worst. Um, novelty balloons. Uh, the white Macy's stars fourteenth time. The ice cream cone thirteenth time. I mean, again, these are you know uh, less less impressive. Do better. Um, some of the floats, uh, Soaring Spirit Canoe, 14th time. <laughs> Kenny is loving this. I don't know what the Soaring Spirit Canoe even is, but sure. <laughs> uh, the Big Apple, 17th time.
3: Gotta have the Big uh, Apple.
2: <laughs> the Big Apple. You might, uh, you, obviously- you might think you were
3: in ro- the wrong city if it were for the Big Apple.
2: And then Santa Land Express and coal car fifteenth time from Oshkosh Bagosh, um, yeah. I mean, there's some specialty units worth shouting out: the New York Police Department fifteenth uh, time, the Holiday yep. Treat for Children ever banner nineteenth time. Um, my favorite is that the New York City Police Department Mounted Patrol seventy third time, guys it that never goes out of style, police
3: on horses, certainly <laughs> not. people are um, always going to get excited to see police on horses, yeah you know,
2: a, it, we have special guests, obviously, I'm not going to run through all of them. There were a lot of them, uh you know, we have the cast of Freaks and geeks uh it, did, did you ha- did you watch it? Yes, I did. It was so awkward, it was so <laughs> awkward and awful. I hated it, uh cool in the gig, saying celebration, obviously, I guess they just have to. The cast members of third Watch showed up um and uh everyone's favorite uh Rudy Giuliani showed up and talked a little bit about uh yeah,
3: he's not my favorite Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> there are three or four Rudy Giuliani's I like more than him.
2: Yeah. I fucking
4: loved the one time he let George Lassenby do it. He was so good as oh, Rudy Giuliani,
2: awesome. yeah. yeah, that's yeah that, he was really he was really good, uh yeah, I mean, big bad voodoo Daddy. Uh, there's just a lot of a lot of very interesting acts that showed up uh, to do this. Now, um, if I'm being honest, the real reason that Emily, I wanted to have you on, not just to talk parades. Uh, I we're we're very excited to hear your top ten list of 1999 as we as we wrap up our 99 podcast. As Kenny mentioned, you've been on this podcast. I mentioned uh, this on the other podcast. So. Oh, yeah. So
3: this is this is your i believe this is your 14th, and this, your 15th. Will be 14th. this will be the 15th, your 15th will yeah. be the the yeah. the last of the i'm, oh, I'm gonna nine. read
2: out what you've been on for emily just so okay. it's worth noting blair witch okay. project story of us bicentennial man the matrix freaks and geeks mickey's once upon a christmas and a christmas carol uh you came up for a felicity episode the iron giant west wing pilot you came on with uh with our favorite alan stephan and you did a matrix second season, a favorite episode yeah. um and now uh let's hear your, your your top 10
4: i realize i'm the one who imposed a limit on when this had to stop but i'm not done talking about this fucking parade
3: um,
2: okay you were the one that put a little <laughs> yes you
3: were that's true
4: i'll just you know what look at this i'm gonna text my friend and say i'm running a little late Perfect. <laughs> something Great. came
3: up
2: that's fantastic
4: <laughs> <laughs> No, I I you know one of the things that I've realized as this podcast is sort of winding its way to its mm-hmm. close mm-hmm. and I do still in my sleep deprived state want to do that thing I pitched to you before we recorded the um yes, sure. uh I think that would be fun. Um uh I think that this is a podcast about obviously nostalgia but it is a and watching this Thanksgiving Day parade for me really crystallized <laughs> That this is a specific form of nostalgia people our age have. People probably who were between the ages of, let's say, 10 and 25 when this specific Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade aired. When you look at, like, boomer nostalgia, it tends to be, boy, when we were kids, things were pretty fucking crazy, but then we fixed the world. And Gen X nostalgia tends to be, boy, when we were kids, there were some great fucking movies, and then the world was pretty okay. And millennial and younger nostalgia is like, oh my God, there was this era when things were okay and the world was basically fine. And ever since then, it's been just like falling apart. And yet there are these vestiges of that world that are left and we are still living in it because there's this continual presentation of of, uh, entertainment from our youths and this is this constant that always exists. We're coming up on the hundredth year of it in 2026. And it's, it's. I don't even know how to qualify. Watching this made me realize how much I don't miss that age in my life. Cause I, you know, my family was not great and I had all these other things. I do miss feeling the way I felt yeah. in 1999. And this is a podcast about attempting to capture the way you felt at a time in a way that feels, you know, driven by a sense that we have lost something and we don't know yeah. what it is more than just the thing that you always get when you grow up and you become more cognizant of the ways that the world sucks. But like, yeah. So when I saw Lou Bega and the second <laughs> <Happy Kangaroo laughs> doing Mambo number five, Shed a I tear. remembered what it was like to be young and what it was
3: like to feel like the world was okay. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, At least for me, and this is far less eloquent, eloquent or interesting than what you just said, but I uh, didn't know when I would be able to watch this because, you know, yeah. too many kids, too little time. And I figured I can probably sneak it while putting my son to bed and laying in the, in here he's in his crib and I'm laying on a bed next to him. and I'll just put it on my, on my iPhone with headphones. And what that meant was I couldn't use my phone while I was on this, which is a pretty big deal. What I've lost at least is the ability to focus on one thing at a time sure. and being forced to watch this ridiculous parade and being forced to like go Into this 99 rabbit hole was uh, was so like refreshing. I felt like Jake Sully as he's going into the body of the avatar. It's just like, finally, like I'm somewhere that I can uh, that I recognize because I really am like truly a little bit like in, in life, a little bit lost because of my phone. My phone is like taking over my life in a way that I really despise and I'm working on fixing. And the only thing that seems to like steal my attention is when i watch things on my phone or when i watch the bar rescue channel on pluto t pluto tv so that's (laughs) (laughs) that's
2: the list wow that is super specific put on some bar
3: put on some bar rescue and i can maybe focus on it but that's it okay i love hey i love john taffer what can i say
2: yeah i i I get it um so emily uh do you have a top 10 that you'd like to walk through with us
4: well listen i'm i'm compiling it as we speak um i i you know i i could vamp for a little longer i'm remembering my top 10 from when i was alive at this time and it's so different from what my top 10 is now you know at the time it was very much like i i fucking loved american beauty you know i loved um uh i i feel like Three Kings probably holds up, but I just, as a trans woman, well. yeah. I cannot support David O. Russell at this point in time. That's true. So um, I'm not letting him be on my top 10, which I okay. have now finished. All right, so those, listen to me vamp. My number one now is, was my number one then it's, it has not changed. It's being John Malkovich, Um, which so I you're think starting is, at
2: one and working your way down. Yes. I'm working my way
4: down. Way. I think it is a brilliant movie about identity, about what it means to be the person you are and what it would mean to be somebody else. And uh, I love Charlie Kaufman. And I, I still kind of think that's low key, his best script. I don't know. Yep. Um, number two is the matrix obvious reasons uh big great movie two-part episode incredibly thoughtful incredibly good um there's never been anything like it uh toy story two number three uh i just it was it was my number three at that time too as i recall i just really love that movie i think it is one of pixar's best it just it just operates like a machine and um another problematic director but you know what i don't i i don't care toy story two over- overcomes all, uh, eyes wide shut. Number four, um, nice. brilliant. A uh, uh, little look at you know married life. Uh, my number five. I don't know if you've covered this one. It's Coriade's um, uh, Afterlife. Did you touch on that one?
2: We haven't touched on that one.
4: It's one of my favorite movies about death. I'll say that um uh number six is magnolia which i think is uh, a pretty brilliant picture um i've had gone up and down with that movie over the years and now i've kind of settled on yeah it's one of my favorite ptas even if it's like way too much at all times uh seven blair witch project just that movie just holds the fuck up for me awesome. um eight is election uh tracy flick is what i'm going for at all times <laughs> Uh nine is the straight story uh even you know muted lynch is such an interesting weird guy and my number 10 is the documentary american movie which is a movie i've watched a billion times and adore and i like to put at my number 10 spot some movie i just like want to shout out for whatever reason and definitely it's got to be american movie
2: i can't wait for us to cover American. we can't knock any of those
3: except for afterlife i mean come on but we can't knock any of the other ones uh, those
2: I you know bunch it's of great films yeah they're all great films um you know I, I think that uh, you do channel Tracy Flick you're my Thank Tracy you. Flick <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doesn't mean
4: you're gonna try to destroy me
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no um but but more than anything um I mean obviously you've been on this podcast a whole bunch and we love you and we love your 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 mind and the way that you think about movies and music and tv and all that stuff um and it's been just such a gift uh, having you on all these uh, for all these years
4: i'm so glad to have been able to be on i've been i'm so glad that people can chart my journey into being a full human being true. by hearing me talk about movies from 1999
2: <laughs> they really can by the way
4: and you know what <laughs> quite a document
2: quite a document
4: you know what I uh, was at a party recently Mm. where people were talking about podcasts like it's 1999 and they were like, oh, it's too bad that it's, you know, coming to an end or whatever. Stop it. Seriously. Seriously. Uh, The person who told me this, his name is Todd, which you're going to find very amusing if you've listened to my life across this podcast. So help me, Todd. Yeah. (laughs) Skylar Austin. And I pitched him my idea for what should be the penultimate episode that i will host and he thought it was brilliant and you know what if it doesn't happen now people are gonna be like what the fuck was it wait, wait. have
3: me? you have you did you pitch? is this what you pitched phil before i came on
2: but please- no th-
4: i've i've pitched the two of you on this before we did funny people back in the day oh um, what is it? so remind us no, because I want the people to know. When we hang up, I will. I will okay. remind you. Okay. I'll turn okay. you off
3: mic. Well, listen. Um, well, let's was... hang up. It's I, hang I, up then. I, I give. I give the parade a ninety-one. It wasn't my best parade yet. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm giving. I'm giving this parade a one hundred and
4: one, as all parades deserve.
2: I give this parade like I give it a ninety-two. I mean, as far as parades go, I don't. I, mean, I don't really have much to compare it to. If but, you man.
4: if you enjoyed this backdoor pilot for Parodcast, uh, tweet <laughs> Parodcast. Tweet at the... <laughs> You have say, like, um, oh, podcast, tweet, tweet at President Joe Biden that you want
2: more <laughs> podcasts. I honestly, I mean, there are so many yeah. parades, though. Go to moveon.org. There's
4: that's the thing you know what is like we're gonna branch out we're gonna do like old soviet era parades it's gonna be great it's gonna be documents
0: to watch of all these parades listen
4: you you got you gotta go to some shady places on youtube but you can watch parades i sent you You i I think it's like pong gods 1987 yeah yeah
2: yeah pong god yeah the parade man uh well this was (laughs) a pleasure as always we can't wait to Thank hear you. your pitch for the penultimate episode off mic and hopefully we'll do it. It'll be any. Uh,
4: and I just want to say to the listeners, yeah. anytime you want to watch a Macy's parade, just watch the first five minutes. Hear all the people that are on it. You will know everything you need to know about that year. I just watched the first five minutes in 1983 last night and there's someone named Tara, the tap dancing elephant. And I want
2: to <laughs> <what that's about. laughs> Here's the other thing. The announcer is the SNL announcer, correct? Tom Pardo, yeah. Okay, okay amazing
3: yeah that part he um, does he blast. does a good job with all the silly names a
2: yeah. blast as
3: always um,
2: so now that we're done <laughs> let's hear your let's hear your 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 penultimate pitch
3: uh
4: i want to do the pardon the interruption where i just pick up like 10 to 15 1999 oh i would love Thank to do that yes
3: and and then yes i would love to do that i i feel kind I, we Here's the thing, and we we could talk about this. I don't this know what a, Kenny's
2: about to we say. We could probably talk true. about this as a family.
3: I very much want to do the part of the eruption That's a great idea. Uh i I pitched Phil on how to do Magnolia, which I can't decide if it should be our last episode or second to last episode. Mm. Um and I also we need to do our wrap up of the podcast which i'm fine with not being the last episode too because what i have planned for magnolia i think is going to feel like the end of magnolia so
2: uh, this by (laughs) the way Emily, is entirely on kenny he's just decided to take this upon himself and i really don't know what this i want to give phil
3: i want to give phil a parting gift yeah
2: um we should absolutely do pardon the interruption though that'd be a blast why not let's just let's do it you
3: will you will not tell us the topics beforehand Which I will maybe I will send you a list of like no no I don't want them I don't want the topics I don't want the topics I would love a board though if you could make a board that'd be amazing okay (laughs) (laughs) it could be it could even be a share screen situation but uh, a board if you could figure out how to like you know I don't want the part under the eruption board where you know everything that's coming or maybe Mm -hmm. we do maybe it'll be fun just to see like if you just said like you know Shadaisi and we don't know what you're gonna ask or what you're gonna talk about
2: I think I think that is amazing and also an opportunity. Um, to be able to cover some stuff that we like afterlife, for instance. Like stuff that we haven't, you know what I mean? Not I mean, afterlife,
3: that, please. Stuff that like we've heard of.
2: I think it's not gonna be <laughs> I mean, I afterlife think it's not was not a be... movie that was even on our radar. Like I didn't even know that was a movie.
4: I think it's uh I, I mean that's because I went and looked at David Sims's list and I was like, right, I fucking love Afterlife. Um I uh
2: is I getting, what like, does he have?
3: He has Rosetta High, right? No, Rosetta
2: yeah. at number one, I think. Or it's like no number. No, one.
3: I, Eyes Wide Shut is is number one, number yeah, one. but he has Rosetta High, and he has he's Beaujolais High.
2: Um, I mean Daniel Waters. I sent you Daniel because Daniel Waters is coming on. Daniel Waters had
3: that. like three French films had like I three three hadn't heard about. I yeah, heard of. I know. It was, it, it's it's all it's like everyone's lists. It's all like the movies that you know the the there's like a batch of twenty five appropriate movies to put on. Yeah. and then he threw like three random ass foreign films I'd never French you
2: know who we're also gonna, uh, Sarah Pauly when she comes on she's going to we'll get her top 10 list so you
3: everyone coming Sarah on from,
4: Phil got Sarah Pauly wow Canada pride um, <laughs>
2: damn right
4: going out with a bang what if you just like had me come on and do pardon in your interruption with Sarah Pauly she'd love that
2: <laughs> With Sarah Pauly
3: would actually be incredible. I think she'd be. I think she would like it. Everything. Everything I know about her, I think she would. Enjoy she
2: is like. oh, the, the loveliest. Um, all right. All right. Yes, let's I mean, we'll in,
3: in fairness, like she's mostly coming on to promote women talking to our audience. So let's just get real. Like, let's. I'm yeah. I'm yeah. totally kidding. is <laughs> yeah,
2: To our audience of a thousand.
4: People. Listen. Listen, I, we, we should plan this out by email. I gotta walk to lunch.
1: Yeah, yes, yes. yes. All right. We'll talk about Friday. it on text. All right. We'll All see right. y'all later. later. Bye. 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 Bye.
3: and welcome to podcast like it's 1999 the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from a closet full of t-shirts here in 2022 i'm one of your hosts kenny nyborg and i'm phyllis and with us again is our own personal bruce
1: valance <laughs> just cracking jokes over here I'm in the, uh, the center left square on the Hollywood square. (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) I found i have fallen down a little bit of a YouTube rabbit hole with episodes of the Whoopi Goldberg era, Hollywood squares lately, that YouTube at some point just decided that they felt, they thought I would like, they just started suggesting them to me and they were correct. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like, sounds like they know Joe. Can I,
2: can I just say though, the YouTube might actually be the best uh what's the fucking word i'm looking for streaming Uh, service yeah
1: no no not streaming uh the the algorithm they they actually i feel like they they
2: fucking know
1: they know you better than you know yourself they really they do
3: they They know you they certainly know my my son you wouldn't believe (laughs) how many truck videos
1: they they watch
3: um joe
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I, I, was, no, just I was just gonna, gonna say uh, that, that we are uh, we're talking get Bruce today. We're talking everyone's favorite seventy nine minute uh documentary. Uh, I don't know that this. I, I mean, this apparently got a theatrical release, which is bonkers to me. It definitely
3: I, I, got a theatrical release. I mean, that's cr- I remember
2: I, this movie very you remember this movie much better than i do kenny i don't don't know why because i
3: this is like there's something about this that is in my particular wheel wheelhouse my like exact exact (laughs) sweet spot it was reviewed on Mm -hmm. Siskel and ebert you know which is which is where you start for me it's about the oscars it's just like it's this documentary that came out like It after documentaries were kind of allowed to be like frothy and nothing ish, right? You know what I mean? Like, there was this moment in the late. I mean, you know, it's not a fair thing to to hang on because his documentaries are not this at all. But Michael Moore kind of opened up the doors to different kinds of documentaries, Uh yeah. Um, you know, certainly like his were always his always had an element of humor and an element of like, 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 like kind of you know, subverting the the medium a little bit in a way that. We hadn't really seen before that. And then, you know, yes. you wound up with movies like Get Bruce, which is like a dumb nothing of a movie. But yeah, it's, it's
2: not a great documentary. Like well, if we're going to be by, yeah. by documentary it's standards, just a
3: dumb sure. nothing of a movie. Yeah. It's, a, it's it's a, it's yeah. insane that someone put money behind this.
2: It's really this is the type of thing that if this was made today, it would definitely be if it was made today. I'm putting a big if there. Yeah. This would be a streaming thing for sure. This would be like yeah. uh, this would be something that would like stream it. At, it would it would screen at a Sundance. It would get picked mm-hmm. up at like an HBO Films thing or a Showtime or whatever. It yeah. would, stre- you know, and that would be. that. It, I don't know. This guy. I don't know. Like,
3: <laughs> like I, 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 I am a person and I, I'll, person? I'll, I'll admit this willingly give you that, I, that yeah. I'm a human. Uh-huh. I am a human. Yes. Who will watch any Fred Leibowitz content. Any Fran Leibowitz content. So it's not that I'm above... That
1: is, you two watching, figured that out about me, too, at one yeah. point. Where they were just, like, all the Fran leave content. Yeah, any friend you me.
3: got, I'll watch. Yeah. So it's not as if, like, you know... <laughs> like, like, pretend it to, pretend to were a city. I watch the whole fucking thing. It's great, it's great. It's right? Great. So it's not yes. as if I'm I'm above watching, like, kind of this, like, ephemeral, you know, nonsense. Sure, This yeah. ephemeral, like, celebrity-adjacent nonsense. But Bruce is, is like... Like, there's nothing to this guy. This is like the this is this is our this is our like our 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 lamest celebrity.
0: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
1: Well, Joe Joe disagrees. Well, no, I don't necessarily, I'm I'm not gonna call Bruce Lane because, you know, but um, (laughs) he's not, he was never meant to be famous in his own right right like he is built to be the the behind the scenes guy writing the one-liners right and so it's sort of this like accident of the moment that he because and it was hollywood squares really like that's the first time anybody really ever saw him was he was writing for Whoopi. Whoopi was the center square she was producing that show and she was just like well just be on screen you're mm-hmm. the one who's writing up all these one-liners how long anyway. did that run for that's a very good question. Because um, right.
2: I, I remember it, but I
1: I I, I feel like I while, was right? I
2: feel like I was a little harsh towards Bruce. <laughs> Let me pull
3: back a little bit on my harshness, okay? And just say, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I it's something I don't respect the hustle. You know, <laughs> yeah. I do re- I, I I do respect the hustle, and I do yeah. respect and I do respect that there's you know that 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 in the nineties in particular there was a need for this guy. Or what he does.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, but I also think what he does is like such a relic of such a it's a relic it of is. a time I don't want to return to ever. It's a type of humor and a type of celebrity that makes me fucking like cringe. It's, um, well this is, no, this it's is not it's not it's not him. I find him to be kind of charming. Yes. It's the people that would hire him. It's this idea of like, I, uh, it's gross. It's this idea of like, give me your best Monica Lewinsky joke. Yeah. That, you know, that, that kind of like makes me kind of, you know, ugly. And it's like I said to Phil, everybody in this movie with one exception, I think became comedically uh, irrelevant days after this (laughs) landed in the theater, (laughs) maybe before (laughs) the only person I feel like who was like, who was prominently, featured who I don't think became comedically relevant immediately was and not because of this movie, they just right. kind of, they were all like, you know, eighties people who were just kind of treading water into the nineties is Lily Tomlin. But outside of that, right. like they all kind of like, you know, they, they, they were of a different time.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Go ahead. Sir, well, I was going to say uh, Hollywood squares ran from 1998 to 2004. Um, okay. That's a good run. <laughs> it also though, he's emblematic of Kenny, what you said about sort of like that era of comedy, but also this, it reminded me of not not in quality, the the Joan Rivers A Piece of Work documentary, which is a much better documentary. Yeah. It's really good. But it also is a portrait of somebody who worked in comedy her entire life, who worked in kind of like the salt mines of comedy, right? Where just like the work of it. So much of that movie is about the hard work, tooth and nail, kind of you know, card catalog full of jokes kind of a thing. And just the the way that she had to work at it and to sort of, and you look at Joan Rivers' comedy and there's great stuff and there's stuff that, there's 8 billion cringe Monica Lewinsky jokes and you know what I mean? in the Joan Rivers repertoire. And, but it's this thing of, you think of comedy as this, you know, you know, genius takes the stage and grabs a mic and slays a crowd and all this sort of stuff. And I love seeing this, the other side of it where it's just sort of like the unglamorous, you know, not that cute side of just like, you know, clawing out a career. I also want to say one
3: other thing. Yeah, I like these 79 minutes. Oh, like yeah. this this is, these are my kind of minutes. Like I, so it's, it's, I, but, the, but I really, yeah, it's, it's funny you bring up John, John Rivers, a piece of work, also comedian with Jerry Seinfeld. Those were, those were, in, in a sense, those were, those were two really interesting documentaries that um shone a light on, on, you know, you always hear, and you, we've all seen Lenny and you always hear, you know, the most miserable people in the world are comedians, but really just the, the, the hard work of it but i that i loved this felt to me like and it's not the movie which i it's kind of this global thing i take away from it is i don't know some of these guys don't feel like they're working that hard they're like kind of <laughs> they're they're kind of giving it all to bruce. Yeah. bruce bruce is doing the work which he seems to do very easily yeah. and like it, was, it almost just like he he just he, he just kind of wakes up and spits out these b minus jokes and uh, and all right, go ahead. your C plus, D minus. I don't know, Phil. Like you're not gonna. I, no, no, no. You're not gonna I, offend me if I, you think the jokes no, are no, worse. No, no, than no, I do. Not, I don't. I don't love
2: the jokes. It's I, I, this was this was a really cringy thing for me to watch. If I'm being completely honest, not just because like the stuff didn't date well, but also just because it it gives all this like adoration to. If I'm being completely honest, a a brand of comedy that we all fucking hate. No one likes yeah. what the presenters say at fucking awards shows. If they could just come out and just say who won, we'd all be much fucking happier. So, like, why are we sitting Grayport? here? Great point.
0: Great point. That's like that is true. That is the ad. <laughs> You're doing. I think that's. But You're it's right, Phil. Also-
1: it's also one of those
0: things. The writer, that,
3: the right, he's been made fun of so much for this, though. It's like people definitely get it. But yeah.
1: Yes. But I think, but that's also a thing where, like, when it's done well in the occasions that it is done well, it's mm-hmm. memorable for doing that. I don't think I would credit the done yeah. well ones to Bruce Belange. But also, it. but you go back and you watch those Whoopi Goldberg Oscars and like her stuff. I think holds up better than a lot of old Oscar hosts. I've watched a lot of old yeah. Oscar hosts. Her stuff, her, 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 her her host stuff were holds great. up better I than totally agree. Billy Crystal stuff. Yeah, I agree 100%. 100%. Yeah,
2: I would also say that the Billy portion of this was maybe the most cringy of all of them
1: yeah.
2: um, for me. Well, Watching well, that do, do fucking bits with bagels and fruit, <laughs> and I was just like, guys... I know. Get me the fuck out of here. I know comedy was so broken. It was like so <laughs>
0: broken. Like and that's and, why and Phil he like, thinks
2: his comedy gold. He's like, this is gold. Thank you. Yeah. I hope you guys are rolling. Like, I mean, that, yeah. so
3: much of the 99 podcast, and I guess I was like kind of wrong when I said this, but I'll say it again. Like, there weren't great comedies in '99. There were like six. There were like six. I said there
2: was two. You said two, I think, or one. I
3: think there was two. I think I said two or one. I think there and were And then s-
2: I think Jessica Ellis. Took you to look, task a little it bit. It was.
3: Ahead. No, it wasn't just girls, Wasn't it like Adam B. Very? But I don't know.
2: One, wasn't it on it was someone Tom recently? I but think, it was. It was. I, mean, I look, thought it they, was when she did her top 10 after Warzone. Everyone's favorite. nineteen ninety. Yeah, movie.
3: that was. <laughs> 90, 90, everyone's favorite. Ninety nine. Speaking comedies. of comedies. But no, I mean, it's, look, there are the good ones are Galaxy Quest Office Space uh, as Democrat. far as like what I was gonna say as far as like kind of big broad comedies and then they're like the you know the more subversive ones being John Malkovich and election and I think that's the list
2: I mean office space I said
3: office space actually... office space and, I mean, and and galaxy quest, quest are mean, kind there's...
2: of are kind of the ones that were
3: trying to be funny haha comedies and succeeded, right. and then sure. they're the ones that are trying
1: to become. I mean, we still have comedies. big daddy to cover and who knows do you know count?
3: good I mean... flick good flick
1: do you count the South Park movie along, among oh, that? Wow.
3: Hilarious movie. One of the funniest movies ever made. Um, sure, it's a funny comedy, but uh, also doing a different music. I'm but sort I,
1: of going through I guess, my list now. Bowfinger was that yeah, year. Bowfinger yeah. I love. Kenny
3: movie doesn't sucks.
1: like Bofinger. Movie sucks. Oh, you know what I like? I'm going to stick up for it and then I'll let it go. But I'm a cheerleader is 99, right? Yes, well, we Good love movie. That. underrated movie, great movie. underrated, great movie. but also a little
2: movie. a little subversive,
1: subversive. Oh, definitely. Oh, for I, sure. I, I guess yeah, what yeah. I'm what I'm
3: saying is I'm sure there were definitely great indie comedies. No question. Yeah. Yeah. There with the what I'm saying is throughout the 80s and 90s, and particularly the 80s. Yeah, there were studio approved comedies and studio approved comedy directors that were churning out just hits. Hit comedies, hit comedies, and the only ones that kind of feel like that. Now even Galaxy Quest is not really made by the, you know, by the old guard, right? Galaxy Quest is kind of made by some weirdos who got a shot. Uh, an office business about the guy who did be beef as a butthead. Like there really isn't that like Vanguard in 99. And the, right. the the guys who this take all- is
1: not very shagadelic of you, Kenny. Is what
3: I was <laughs> yeah. we, we, we did talk about the shagadelic <laughs> movie. That's true. <laughs> uh, another movie that I think is very, it's very indicative of where we were in company at this yes. time. Like it, it cut, like, I think we ultimately decided like, sure, it's fine. But like, this is There's not. There's so much of Austin Powers
1: that. that if I could just pick out the stuff that I love and yes and leave everything else like yeah. the stuff that i love about it is really funny.
2: the stuff that's i mean we, I when we did our episode on which was I mean, honestly i think we did this in year one kenny when we oh, did wow. it was, it was like Me. our
3: 16th episode I it guess. was
2: wow. it was early on we both came into it being like fuck this movie and then by the end we're like wait a second is this movie okay we or just we
3: kept like- cracking each other up with the with the t- you <laughs> know i, I now i'm now i'm gonna do like phil i'm gonna just go all the way back and now next time i give this ticket and be like all right so it's actually 15 companies <laughs> 15 so 15 there's like also like, number one. There, there's also dick there's, was, also, yeah, yeah. there's also there's also i they're just coming to me like every two seconds there's also superstar there's right, yeah. also um yeah. there's also uh yeah, there's, uh, there's there was one uh, there's also dropped in gorgeous yeah i mean there I are mean, a lot of really really and then and then yeah. there's the teen comedies so i'm I think wrong it's, it's a great year for comedy one of it's actually best. a pretty
2: good year for comedy but the, but to to your point <laughs> though which i think was your original point the vanguards aren't there. There's a lot of good comedies, but these are coming from a whole the bunch dudes, of weird sources.
3: The, the, the dudes, the men who were responsible yes, yes. for the great '80s comedies are gone. Made made, made duds these this year. You know like,
2: Finger, which is great. Um,
3: but but I, you know, like Ron Howard made some great comedies, like uh, and made Ed TV, which is a great movie, great comedy. My my goddamn! <laughs> I got nothing. This I got great. nothing. He just keeps
2: chopping himself off at the knees. No, that just... was that was a bit. <laughs> but, I, but i do want to say on the get bruce side of things you know uh just in terms of a little bit of context for people this basically is a documentary about bruce Valange, who for 30 years were behind the scenes writing jokes speeches public material for actors singers I'm still, even still alive i'm sure he's still alive, still, uh, still doing it maybe uh film examines Valange's meteoric rise uh to influence from his first meeting with bett miller in the early 70s to his latest collaborations on the academy awards has got a ton of celebrities that show up but Prominently, Robin Williams, Billy Crystal, Whoopi Goldberg, Bette Midler—those are the big ones—and they're the kind of organizing principle of the documentary. And, and of course, Steven Seagal. And of
1: course, <laughs> Steven <laughs> naturally, Seagal. <laughs> Steven Seagal.
2: Um, so, uh, Get Bruce opened on September seventeenth, nineteen ninety-nine, against Blue Streak. Another good Great comedy. Great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. comedy.
3: Love, love that movie. <laughs>
2: uh, for Love of the Game, The Sixth Sense, Stigmata, and A Stir of Echoes. It would go on to My
3: make... take is terrible. Phil. <laughs> it's a bad take. I love the comedies of Mary I know God. you do. <laughs> uh,
2: this movie went on to make a whopping 43000 What about American movies? All right, sorry, keep going. Made $43,000. Roger Ebert $43, gave the film three stars.
1: <laughs> made less of uh, the script. Roger. Thing.
2: Uh, Roger says, get Bruce exactly the kind of documentary we all want made about ourselves in which it is revealed that we are funny, smart, beloved and trusted confidant to famous people. The power behind the scenes at great events and the apple of your mother's eye. That of all things are true of Bruce Valanche only adds to it. Uh, I've known Bruce for 30 years. Uh, If there is a dark side to his nature, I believe it shows itself mostly when he can't decide what T-shirt to wear. Uh, The New York Times also said uh, endearing very funny and utterly unpretentious uh, yeah I mean I'd agree with all of that um, I I think that this is not a good documentary in the sense that we don't really learn anything about Bruce Valanche whether we want to or not we are not given said opportunity Right. right. Um, his oh, mother who's well, interviewed a fair amount doesn't seem to even know that much about what's going right. on we, we i i
3: would disagree we do learn a decent amount about bruce lynch the two main things we learned uh-huh. one is we learn about the fact about his upbringing and his parents yes, yes really really unusual situation where everyone seemed to be adopted but also exactly the same which right. i really thought was great True. the other thing that like a, a documentary made about bruce lynch any year after 1999 Mm -hmm. would have made a far bigger deal about the fact that he is an out gay man and, and the part particularly, and this is always a big thing with Fran Lebowitz about how many people he lost. Yeah. Uh, And that's a big thing at the end of the movie, you know, at the end of the movie, you know, he's constantly referring to the AIDS crisis as the plague, which I've heard it referred to many times within, you know, stuff that's in and around the LGBT community and i think like that i don't know the answer to this question would would this have made a better movie or a worse movie or a more interesting movie or a less interesting movie was it enough was it not enough was it too much it's but it's not inconsequential and it's i i do wonder if it's the kind of thing where you know like Bruce Falange, for those of you, look him up. Like, stop the podcast, look him up look if you don't up. know what he looks like. <clears throat> At one point, he refers himself, you know, as someone says, he looks just like a Muppet. He does. He looks like one <laughs> of the,
2: he looks, he looks exactly like, 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 like
3: Sweetums. He looks like one yeah. of the large, like, like a, like a human sized Muppet and uh, has this like wild kind of Broadway ready, like voice and personality. And that's why when you said he was meant to be behind the camera, Joe, I'm like,
1: was he? But, <laughs> well, no you one make looks a fine like him, point
3: there. but yeah, yeah. But so I don't know, Joe, I mean, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm breaking any new ground by saying maybe you should speak on this more than I should. Sure. What do you think, Joe? Well, <laughs> I mean,
1: I think gay men of an age that of, you know, Bruce Lynch's age are always going to have my, you know, undying respect. And, and, you know, it's you, you really have to give it up. To that generation, and and un, like really, it's really impossible to imagine the the loss that that those people went through, and the the fear and the, the, fear, the danger yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff. And so, anybody from that generation, I'm going to in some I'm going to revere in some way, big or small, right? And so, with somebody like Bruce Valanche, who then took all of that, you know anxiety and uncertainty and the pain of that or whatever to have built the kind of career that he made, which is, you know, light and funny. And, and obviously like it makes all the sense in the world that he like came up through the ranks, like via Bette Midler, you know what I mean? And that whole kind of thing, because there is just a sensibility that like, he's that like classic old gay man sensibility, which is just, and he's obviously old now that he was, you know, uh, not an old guy back then. Um, but. But always an old soul, I think. Yeah. Well, yes. Well, and I mean the classic sort of like, Liza adoring, you know, gay man or whatever, adoring Liza and also probably writing 8 billion Liza jokes uh, throughout his, you know, <laughs> life. She was always one of those, you know, how many Liza's wedding uh, jokes did Whoopi Goldberg make in, in a single Oscar ceremony, like uh, Um, But it's a sensibility that I find comforting. In a way, even if I don't find it groundbreaking or or particularly hilarious, there's a familiarity to it that I find very good, and it is a – these are jokes for – the widest possible audiences, the Mm -hmm. Oscars, television audience, the, you know, a Clinton speech, you know what I mean? Anything like that, the he's writing jokes for the broadest possible audience, but there's a knowingness to a lot of that, that also speaks to his people and his people are my people. And I, I will always have, you know, a place of appreciation for that. So um, speaking to that,
2: I do think that my brain kind of conflates Bruce Valanche and Harvey Firestein. Sure. And I don't know if that's a fair thing to do. And I apologize if that's not. They both but played they both Edward kind of Turnblad feel,
1: on Broadway. Right? So yeah. Maybe. Bruce Bruce played Edward Turnblad. Ed. Bruce was one of the I'm almost like Was he good? Me up if I'm wrong, but like I didn't see it. But like there was a there was a after Harvey Firestein left. Hairspray. There was a succession of stunt casting for that role, and I'm almost certain Bruce Lanch is one of them uh, because I think he showed up on the Rosie O'Donnell show, sans beard. Because uh, oh, uh, I've really seen him heavy. without the beard before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think George Went also George Went, who is not, as far as I know, gay, but like um, also was stepped into that role at one point. He's uh, very long. He's very game,
3: though. Yeah, oh, yeah he's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a very game man, uh, yes, George yes. Went. He's yes. always yes. down to have fun. Yeah. I, I bet Bruce Fletcher's okay. You know, it's not Harvey Fierstein. The Harvey Firestein.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go back to Harvey Fierstein, Does yeah. feel like, because I just recently saw Bros. Um, oh, yeah. Su- surprisingly, uh, I don't know, set off all sorts of Twitter feuds and what have you. I really
1: liked it. I really, <laughs> like it. I really I liked like it too. Bros. I thought it I was think a good it's movie. a very good movie. Yeah.
2: I didn't see it because I'm straight. <laughs> 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 um yeah so i um when harvey firestein shows up in that i feel like that could have been Bruce Fletcher. like i i feel like do you know what i mean in terms of the the, the the gay iconic the iconography of them to some degree yes. or another they're feel somewhat similar
1: harvey's got a little bit more of the gravitas in terms yes. of i think like as a as a author of of plays sure. and and this kind of stuff but yeah there is there's a Venn diagrams overlap. Yes, that happens. That,
3: that's them. sort of what i But yeah, yeah, well, yeah. there, there's also a sense. I think. I I wonder how much of this is kind of retrofitting. But there is also a sense of. Uh, I think that that they were kind of considered America's gay friend for a while.
0: Sure, um, both sure. of them,
3: you know, like yeah. they were they were two men who were kind of allowed in the front door. Well, um, I'm not going to continue with this metaphor, but. Uh, but, but I know I do. I think I think that there was there was I mean so, some some level of okay we're you know, this is okay and we 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 will allow this to to you know make us laugh but the um, camp
1: sensibility of a Bruce Valanche and a Harvey Firestein in Independence Day are very similar. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. that it's it's that kind of a thing. Yeah. So I there's there's a couple
2: quick things uh that I want to hit before we get to Joe's favorite films. Top 10. Can't fucking wait. Uh, Very, very excited to hear this. The two things that I wanted to hit, the first was uh, the Ted Danson fiasco. I think it's interesting that they even decide to go there in this documentary. It might be the most sort of the boldest choice they make in this documentary Mm -hmm. is to kind of try to unpack that situation. They don't really get to the bottom of it. Um, and, And as was the case back in the day, Whoopi seems to be the one who's more outspoken about what her... Goals were for that yeah. Fiasco uh, yeah. and that Bruce Was just kind of taking along for the ride Thinking that it would be sure. funny and it just It just didn't didn't play yeah. um, you, Honestly seeing the photos Again of Ted Danson That whole movies, thing kind of sucks it, yes. it, was, it
0: was just not good
2: yeah. uh, It was crazy yeah. um, But I appreciated that they talked about it yes. um, And showed You know not everything Connects I think was ultimately what they were trying to get at. Sure cautionary tale cautionary tale Uh, um and the other thing was uh robert williams who uh i think we spent probably anywhere from five to ten minutes in a room with him and bruce Valentin. and i was fucking exhausted the idea of what it must be like to sit in a room with the two of them just and and, i mean i love robert williams we all rest in peace obviously loved the man loved most of his work um the thing I least liked about Robin Williams, I mean, not all of his movies, not everything he did, but what I liked least about him was when he went on talk shows because he just, just like, it was like somebody like uncorked him and yes. he just like fucking talks at like a mile a minute, a bunch of shit that half of it doesn't work. He's just onto another joke. And you're yeah. just like, oh my God, this is exhausting.
1: That's Here's what, what I'll like- say to that, though. and possibly an exception or possibly I just appreciate it maybe more. Um, the final johnny carson episode was a clip show the second last johnny carson episode with guests was robin williams and bett midler so mm, sure. perfect for this movie um <laughs> robin williams was exactly what you say it was all like everything was topical right dan quayle jokes murphy brown jokes blah, 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 everything that was in the news back then um God, what a and
3: wild, then bett midler man.
1: was of course Body for a while and then sentimental like the whole thing i think is a spectacular hour of television one one of the best television episodes ever um and carson's appreciation of robin williams makes me see him sort of you know through those eyes a little bit it's exhausting you're right it is a mile a minute it is where is his brain going but it's also where is his brain going you know what i mean there's a little <laughs> bit of a fascination of just like how are you like coming up with this because it really does feel like it's coming up off of the top of his head and and um it's it's something to see i will say and that is also on youtube that uh if if sure. your algorithm if it's heard me talk now it'll maybe uh, it's just so you know, it's, it's yes i you know no <laughs>
3: <laughs> no no you know I've spoken about you've spoken Robin, Robin. before <laughs> on the show that it never quite it never quite clicked with me sure.
2: and I, I mean we also had to do bad, bad, man and Jacob bad Robin movies
3: and there are <laughs> yeah. Robin movies I really Not love of course like everybody there yeah. are yeah. a half dozen or, or more that I love yeah. Um, but the idea and the idea of being in a room with him scares the shit out of me sure yeah. And my sense is that he's a very bad improv partner, oh, and man. and I, I I think life is improv. I think that the I think, maybe I am too, but being in a room with someone who's so <laughs> this is mean but ungenerous in his you know ability to like collaborate in the moment with someone I hear that. is yeah. like that's scary for me. And I feel like like he was he's the only one where I felt like Bruce Flanch was like. I don't even know how to work. Like, I really felt like he was like, I don't even know what to do with him. You yeah. know,
2: like, with you get that impression.
3: It, it was with Robin, you have to do this, you have to do that. And if he was able to do anything with Robin, that is like kind of a miracle in and of itself. Yeah, because yeah. I don't believe, like, when you say Joe, it sounds like it's coming off the top of his head. I think it is. Right. Like, yeah. I think he, he might come in with some, you know, he might come in with some temples. I got to hit this. I got to hit that. I got to hit this. But for the most part, I think he is just like, he is just like, you know,
2: Fucking firing, 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 firing. It's crazy to think that the man did cocaine because it feels like right, like when you see him or, or stopped missed, right? or st- <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's kind one of, of the two. Like right? what if he either- was like on yeah. cocaine back in the day, like when he did you know his stand-up routines that are all available that you can see. Like he is just, it's Wild. madness. Yeah, but um, let's rate this real quick uh, and then let's do your your top ten, Joe. Um, I gave this a sixty. I mean, I didn't fucking hate this movie. I wouldn't say like yeah. don't ever watch this thing, um, and I do think that as a time capsule, it is an interesting little time capsule of of sort of a an already dead genre yeah. of comedy, um, and maybe this is like its its kind of last gasp, if you will. Um, and I think also something we forgot to mention that I do think is worthwhile. We don't see a lot of it. Wish we got more of it, but more behind the scenes of the Oscars, like actually yeah. getting to see some of the mechanics of what actually happens in terms of getting that show on its feet yeah. uh, is is a fascinating thing. And I hope, that, I hope that someday someone like does a legit documentary, documentary. about yeah. one of them, because like, fucking, I, first of all, I don't know how much longer we're going to have the Oscars on telecast. There's that. Um, right. But then on top of everything, I just kind of feel like it would just be really cool to just be a fly on the wall. They should do Oscar it this telecast. year. You're totally right. right. I think they should. Yes, they should. Um, so that's that's where I'm at. What about you, Kenny? What's your rating on this? Uh
3: before this, I gave it a sixty-two because I think that it was a good time at the movies, yeah. and I'm going to stay there. I think, like, look, yeah, I
2: I'm, I'm there with you. If
3: you're under eighty minutes, you've already, you know, you're already <laughs> right. above, you're already above fifty for me.
2: <laughs> um, and I, I, sir, I didn't look like a guy who's been doing a podcast for uh, five years. It's, it's easy, <laughs> easy. I know.
3: Look at these bags under my eyes. Like doing a <laughs> podcast and raising four children, I'm a, I'm just a moron. Uh, <laughs> what was I saying? It's under eighty
1: minutes, so you love
3: Ruse. I'm sticking at sixty-two. What do you got, okay. Joe?
1: Yeah, what do you? I'm got, right Joe? in the same neighborhood. I was going to say sixty-five. Um, yeah. You know, not great, not terrible. An interesting subject, I thought, uh, and uh, you know, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate myself watching it. No, yeah. I didn't either. So yeah. more I, didn't, I, I didn't hate you
2: watching it, Joe. Thank more you. More importantly, Joe. <laughs> yes. Let's hear your top ten movies of 1999.
1: All right, Starting
3: from so... T- oh, wait, Joe, as you, as you go, yeah. give yes. us time to, to judge time in. It. Yeah.
1: Certainly. So with the caveat that uh, I pulled up my little uh, uh, Word document, I did not tinker with this before we recorded this. I did not make a you know make my revisions or whatever. So this is reflective of the last time I edited this, which was... Okay. Um, uh, I am not sure. Okay. okay, so number 10, I know as a movie, you guys... Don't love as much as I do, but number ten for me is Doug Liman's Go. I okay. I don't know where I, I stand. A I deep, don't know where a I, deep personal favorite. I don't even I know where I, the
3: first chapter. I don't even Gun. know where I stand on it anymore. I don't yeah, know. either. That as, was as you know, movie. one of my third favorite. We did uh, very early. on my on my beginning of the year top ten. One of my favorite movies. I thought going into this did yeah. not like my rewatch at all, but I still feel like I have a lot of love for it. I, I, I feel similarly,
2: Kenny. I I love the Sarah Pauli section. That goes without saying. Mm. Uh, don't hate the second chunk. Really, don't like the gay panic third act.
3: Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. But but also, she... I yeah, kind of yeah. love the end end. Kind of love the end end end. Well, you know, it's one of Katie my favorite Holmes final fin. like yeah.
1: yeah. She finds the keys. One of my favorite final lines in a movie. The so what are we doing for New Year's? Uh, yeah. Nathan Bexton line in the movie. What um, did that-, that guy, where'd he go? That guy was genuinely no idea. Like have not seen him in anything since. Yeah. Um, All right. Number nine. Number nine. Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia.
2: Low. Okay.
3: I know.
1: I know. I listen. It's of no. It's of no dislike to the movie. I just like. Eight other movies. Better. It's a Fair great.
2: It, it, it's, it's a great year. You know. Like, what can we
3: yeah.
1: say?
2: But we should probably wow. figure out what the fuck we're doing about that movie.
1: <laughs> I haven't yeah, even I figured out how we're going to do that episode. Anyway, wow. moving
2: on. Uh, I'll just have to order the frogs. Uh,
1: if <laughs> you thought eight. that, if you thought that was low, you may also think this is low. My number eight is The Matrix. No. Okay. I think that's okay. Keep that's. Going. A, I mean, because I'm I'm All trying right. to think.
2: I, I mean, I keep thinking about like our final lists at the end of all of this and the matrix is fucking great it's obviously a masterpiece i don't know i don't know that it'll break my top five but we'll see
3: i think the the way i almost feel about the matrix at this point is like i i want to i want to preface this by saying i love this movie emotionally but i almost respect it more than i love it now like (laughs) i almost am at the point where like i am obligated to put it super high because i think Mm -hmm. it is such an incredible. An institution. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. and deservedly so. You yes. know, not like some of these that are not. Like it, it it's, right. it's worthy of its high place, but I don't like I, it's in the running from a number one of the year. So yeah. who knows? All right.
1: Yeah. Uh my number seven is Michael Mann's the insider. No, nice. I'm not really a Michael Mann guy. There are Michael Mann people out there. I respect mm-hmm. them. I am not one of them. This is by far my favorite Michael Mann Interesting. Movie. It's so, so good. It's mm-hmm. insane that Christopher Plummer, speaking of Christopher Plummer, uh, wait, that nominated. was not in this episode. That was the last episode we were talking about that. Uh, not nominated for playing Mike Wallace, which is insane. He's so, so, so good in that. Very movie. weird. It's a, it's Very a great, weird.
2: great movie. Um, and I remember when we did our episode, which was a few years ago now, but still, um, that was definitely a great rewatch. That was one of those that I was like, I knew this movie was great. I'm not sure I knew how. Totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. What's your six? My six catch me on a different day. And this could be like as high as number two. My number six is election. Um, uh, just a tremendous comedy from the best year for comedy uh, that we've had. I think we've decided <laughs> in this episode, I think we've made that determination this has gone from the worst to the best. Yeah, I can't it. wait. So wait, what
3: number, what number was that? Number six, you have five more.
1: Yeah,
3: um, and, yeah, huh.
1: I
2: have a feeling I know what your number one is, Joe, but I could be wrong. I'm. I'm I think curious. you probably do. I, I think I do. All,
3: all right, one. go ahead.
1: I, I I'm, right, I'm, which, in, I'm interested to hear the top five. All right, fun. my number five is the Blair Witch Project. Which? Oh, interesting. Great answer. I, I Great have answer. not budged since 1999. That that's one of my five best movies of the year. It's. Great movie. Uh I mean, we all know it's the Blair Witch Project. You know, that's another sort of like institution in a different yes. way, kind of. Yes. You're not going to tell anybody they don't, anything they don't know about the Blair Witch Project, but I think it's tremendous. Yep. It is spooky season, so I'm going to have to do my annual rewatch of that movie because it is A movie so, so good. My number four, and I have no idea where you guys are, uh, because I uh, I don't know. maybe I, uh, Anyway, my number four is Flight Club. We
2: love it. We love okay. it. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 we we talked a little bit about this recently. I think it might have been on with just well, yeah, with Jessica. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a movie that we all kind of are bummed about it being co-opted by the shittiest huh? people in this country. <laughs> uh-huh. yep. um, and how it's kind of got a stink on it now when it's yep. a fucking great movie. Yeah.
1: It's tremendous. Yeah. It, it
3: it's unfortunate that in order to tell someone you like it, you also have to make it clear that you don't suck.
1: Yeah, right that right. and exactly. I, I, I hate exactly. that thing so <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love it but i don't suck so yeah, yeah. It's, yeah no it's I, a lot, I it's a lot smarter than a lot of people who uh love it are
3: so I, yeah i i was not prepared to love it as much as i did i thought i would not love it. it's like you know i don't know what your number three is i don't want to give it anything away so keep going
2: yeah
1: my number three is the sixth sense
2: yeah, I mean, we're, we're, it's that's I another mean, movie. Speaking of spooky season, I remember we did it for Halloween, whatever year we decided to do it for Halloween. Kenny and I, we yeah, did, we I, did early, and and it was just the two of us. And uh, that was another big rewatch for me, where I was like, I don't know that I love this film as every as much as everyone else does. And then I watched it, and I was like, no, this this is it,
3: But I think great. I was a little unnecessarily harsh on it. Like I yeah. love the movie, Good like love yeah. this film, and yeah. and de- and one of the. You know what? I, I what did we say? I think the I, I think the Mount Rushmore of this year. Yeah. You know, not necessarily the best movies of this year. Not my top four, but like those like institution movies: Matrix, Blair Witch, uh, Six Sense, and um. I, I mean, what what would you say the fourth is? I have a bunch of contenders for the fourth.
1: I mean, yeah, ninety nine. You yes. got so many. Hard a lot. I mean, what did you say? Fight Club. Sorry, it's definitely you-
3: Fight Club, Matrix, and um, Blair Witch. And six. And six, and six Oh, okay. oh no, 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 sorry, sorry, no, not Fight It's Matrix, Blair Witch, Six Sense, and I don't know oh. what the what Magnolia. The,
1: what the, I think you could probably put up there. There's an argument
3: honestly. for that.
2: There's an argument for. I mean, I would say being,
1: being John delicious. Malkovich I mean, is, that, is the one that's I would the most ninety nine. Being
3: in John Malkovich but. is the one I would say is like that. Is the one that's that's so ninety nine and, and means so much to so many people. Like these movies that. Funny
1: that you should really. mention it. Info. Might not be your number two. It's my number two as being John <laughs> Malkovich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
3: I, your number one, your number one is, I,
2: I think I know what it is. I think
3: I know it's what it is. It's
1: Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 It's the best movie of that year. It's so it's, good. It's, ugh, it's, I I mean, it's tremendous. I'm, I can't wait to see where it wants up on your
2: list, Phil, because you know, it's, you speak uh, about it like it's your, you just cheered. You speak about it like it's your
3: number one. And I don't think it's necessarily it's not my number
2: one. It's not, my, I know it's not my number one, but I, I think that when, when the cards are, when we lay them all out at the end of this, at this, I, I really do think that film is, is going to be higher um, than it was when it was pretty high for you in the beginning. It it was pretty, I don't think it was in my top five.
3: No, I think it was like seven or eight. I think it was pretty
1: high. I I just, it it is.
2: Yeah. It's, it's a movie that I adore. Um, I've watched it. It just, I don't really know even how to articulate, um, how much I love all the different pastiche of things that it's playing in. Um, It's yeah, it's just, it's Minghella at his best. I don't, I don't, I love, I love a lot of his movies, but that, that movie I think is just. And
3: not that this movie needs to be reclaimed because it never really fell out of favor, but I do feel like it does need a bit of a kick in the ass to, to move it up. Everybody's mental, you know, kind of rankings of, 99 movies of Matt Damon movies of Hitchcock adjacent movies of all these movies that I I, I think people respect it, but kind of kind of forgotten it.
1: I don't mean currently in the realm of like, Oh, you know, what's underrated is the talent yeah. Ripley and it needs to be boosted up into like the un- unadorned like or uh, uh, unqualified. It, as as it, it
3: needs, it needs some podcast host to put it at number one for its oh, list of the okay. year. Uh, who's who's watched every single movie of the year. And for people to be like, <laughs> do you know what Phil Isco put it, for his number one <laughs> after watching every movie of the year? I, I, but I, mean, I guess it, you know, because think- when I'm sitting here with, like, Malkovich, people are like, oh, whatever, Neibard sucks. But I will say this, though.
2: I do think what it also needs, truthfully, is kind of like a fucking bells and whistles crazy, like, release on 4K or a Criterion or a something. That could be a, a nice little too, boost. Because it just feels as though feel everyone like kind of But I those people know. I don't know how you weird. do it at this point. I don't know. I don't know. But it's, I, I it's. It's it's absolutely the right choice, Joe. I, I mean I I really do think like um yeah, it's it it does feel like I'll say this though, Kenny. In the conversations and the various articles that have existed of like talking about 1999 and there are no shortage of them it does feel like that might be at the top of the list of movies that people don't think gets enough love from 1999 Mm -hmm. like it's it does feel to me like i agree with that it's not everyone always goes like being Malkovich number one or something along those lines but that's always the one that's like you know guys talk to mr ripley kind of a stone cold masterpiece why aren't we talking about it here's here's the what i would say When we started this podcast, the film at the top of
3: that list was Eyes Wide Shut.
2: Correct.
3: Now Eyes Wide Shut is no longer at the top of that list. Now Eyes Wide Shut is firmly in like the you know people's people's understanding of you know. You know the year, the moment, mm-hmm. Cruz, Kubrick, mm-hmm. everything. Like mm-hmm. Eyes Wide Shut has has solidified itself. Correct. Is really now. I think maybe honestly, with Blair Witch, might be now at the top of that list of people yep. being like, you know, the people who love it needing to be like, you got to rewatch this. You got to rewatch this. You have to understand this wasn't just something at the moment. You have to understand this isn't just this isn't just this this isn't just that this is actually like 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 uh uh what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, yeah, Whatever. This is Hall uh, of Fame material.
2: Here. I'll say. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'll say too. To 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 kind of piggyback on that. To kind of come back to what we're talking about about the Oscars. This is the movie by Ripley. I mean, is the is the how was this not a massive Oscar contender in 1999 movie? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely that. When you look at the 1999 Academy Awards, as slanted as they were towards American Beauty because it was such a, you know, a phenomenon, yeah. you know no one talks about fucking Cider House Rules, which has a Best Supporting Actor and Adaptive Screenplay <laughs> winner in 1999. It's a movie that straight up doesn't fucking exist. We yeah. talked about it on the Ripley episode. I think we talked about it on the Cider House Rules episode about how, you know, uh, it was a co I literally don't know the fucking
3: answer to this question, Phil. So.
2: And, and it was a co-pro. Usually and i usually good at this. That, I think that Weinstein went all in on Cider House Rules rather than uh, um, Ripley because Paramount had the domestic on Ripley. And I guess, you know, whatever, ego, blah, blah, blah. Who knows what? But. Yeah. Point is like Ripley should have gotten so many nominations. It's yeah. crazy that
1: it's- it was the perfect storm of fatigue with Ripley, honestly. It was Minghella was suffering from English patient fatigue. Gwyneth Paltrow fatigue had set in the second she took Damon, the stage yeah. to win her Oscar. Yeah. Matt Damon fatigue was even happening a little bit in terms of like the prestige thing. That's why the only person who gets anything is Jude Law because he was fresh and new and exciting. And, and oh, cool.
3: and, this was also one of the great and Jude Laws because yes. this was Academy Award winner Minghella, Academy Award winner Matt Damon, Academy Award winner uh, Matt, Gwyneth, uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, I believe Academy Award winner Kate, Kate Blanchard Blanchard Point, she she had nominated. nominated. Oh, because yeah. she didn't win, right? Yeah. So Academy Award yet. nominee Kate Blanchett
1: and, and Jude Law. <laughs> and Jude Law. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yep. But
1: well, that could have honestly, it wouldn't have been true. But you could have said, "And introducing Jude Law." I'd gotten away. With. <laughs>
3: You could have. Well, you, all the people in, who
1: hadn't seen Gattaca would have been in the like, sense.
3: Oh, in the sense, you kind in some sense, even if you hadn't seen Gattaca, you yeah, kind of worked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and,
1: and you won't believe
3: how good-looking a person could be on screen. Jude yeah, Law. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. he's, the, yeah. he's just just a sun-kissed Jude Law for for a good ninety minutes. Tremendous. <laughs> the um, the
3: the most handsome anyone has ever looked in a movie. It's, it's just that simple.
2: It's that. Yeah. It is that simple, Joe. A pleasure as always. Thank you, we're, guys. We're this so is great. we're so thankful to have you come on uh, one last time. I can't believe we're yes. done to talk yeah. With, yeah. with with
1: your those. top ten. That's a series um, wrap on uh, yeah. Clap series series them wrap out on ninety nine with with yeah. Joe.
2: Uh, Thank you, know, you, Joe. A blast as always. You're, you're you're you know we both love your podcast. Uh, um, listen, you know I've, yeah. every
1: time you've had me on here, it's been a blast. So we always love
2: time. having you on, Joe.
3: Thank you. All right, you know
1: all right. We'll talk to you soon.
3: I feel like, I feel like Abby Cornish and uh Bim right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye
1: guys. All right, later.